Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about retinitis pigmentosa. And you can follow along with written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash retinitis pigmentosa or in the ophthalmology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Retinitis pigmentosa is a congenital inherited condition where there is degeneration in the rods and cones in the retina, in the back of the eye. There are many different genetic causes of retinitis pigmentosa. Some causes involve isolated retinitis pigmentosa, whereas others result in systemic diseases which are associated with the condition. And they vary in the age at which they present, and also the prognosis and severity of the retinitis pigmentosa. In most genetic causes, the rods degenerate more than the cones, and this leads to night blindness, so difficulty seeing in poor lighting conditions. There's a decrease in both the central and the peripheral vision. So how does it present? Well, the presentation can vary depending on the underlying cause. Family history is very important, and in most causes, the symptoms start in childhood. And it starts with night blindness, which is often the first symptom, So as the light gets more dim, it becomes more difficult for the patient to see. And this is because of degeneration in the rods more than the cones. Also, the peripheral vision is lost before the central vision. Let's talk about the fundoscopy findings. Fundoscopy will show pigmentation. And this is described as a bone spickle pigmentation. And spickle refers to sharp pointed objects. Bone spickle is used to refer to the similarity between the pigmentation in the back of the eye on fundoscopy and the networking appearance of the bone matrix when you cut through a bone and you look at the matrix inside of the bone. The pigmentation is most concentrated around the mid-peripheral area of the retina. There can be associated narrowing of the arterioles and a waxy or pale appearance to the optic disc. But the typical finding that you're looking for on fundoscopy is the bone spickle pigmentation. Because retinitis pigmentosa gives such a typical appearance on fundoscopy, patients are often used in OSCE exams when you're tasked with performing fundoscopy because it's easy to pick up on the bone spickle pigmentation and then to ask some basic questions about retinitis pigmentosa. So become familiar with what you can see on the fundus when you perform fundoscopy, as it may help you if it comes up in your exams. Next, let's talk about some of the associated systemic diseases. And there are several genetic systemic diseases that involve retinitis pigmentosa. And it's not worth learning the names and the details, but it is worth being aware that they exist. And some of the examples are Usher's syndrome, which causes hearing loss plus retinitis pigmentosa. Bassen-Cornswig syndrome, which is a disorder of fat absorption and metabolism, which causes progressive neurological symptoms and retinitis pigmentosa. Refsum's disease, which is a metabolic disorder of phytanic acid, which causes neurological hearing and skin symptoms, as well as retinitis pigmentosa. And like I said, these conditions are quite rare, but it's worth being aware that they do exist. So how do we manage retinitis pigmentosa? Well, general management involves referral to an ophthalmologist for assessment and diagnosis, genetic counselling, vision aids if they're required, sunglasses to protect the retina against accelerated damage from UV radiation on the back of the eye, 
driving limitations and informing the DVLA if the standard of vision isn't up to that required for driving. And then regular follow-up to assess vision and check for other potentially reversible conditions that may worsen vision, such as cataracts. There isn't a huge amount of evidence supporting options to slow the disease progression. Some options that may be considered by a specialist in certain scenarios are vitamin and antioxidant supplements, oral acetazolamide, topical dorsolamide, steroid injections and anti-VEGF injections. Gene therapy is a potential future treatment that could alter the disease process and lead to better outcomes, but it's not routinely available at present. So thanks for listening to this episode on retinitis pigmentosa. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. This episode is actually the last episode in the ophthalmology series and the last episode in the medicine series. So we're about to start a completely new topic with pediatrics. If you want to follow along with all the episodes in the past, they're available in the Zero to Finals Medicine book. And going forwards, the pediatric book is available so that you can follow on with all of the pediatrics episodes which are yet to come. Again, I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who's subscribed to the podcast and follows along with the podcast episodes. I'm super grateful to everybody who's left a review on iTunes or Spotify or whichever podcast app you use as it's really motivating and keeps me going. It's great to hear that people find the podcast useful. So I hope you tune in for the new episodes on pediatrics where we'll be starting with pediatric cardiology.